Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Lauren Chamberlain is one of the best softball players who's ever lived. At the University of Oklahoma, she broke the NCAA home run record with 95 home runs. She was Big 12's Female Athlete of the Year, a four-time Division I All-American, a 2013 NCAA National Champion, an SB nominee, a nominee for the Honda Cup Award, a finalist for Woman of the Year, which ultimately positioned her as the number one overall draft pick to the USSSA Pride. She's an all-star by any imagining of the term. She's fantastic and incredibly talented, and she worked really hard to get where she ended up. We talk about that story in today's episode. And she's transitioned what she learned as an athlete into an incredibly successful post-collegiate, post-professional career. She's a Major League Baseball TV personality, a motivational speaker, a hitting instructor, and a mentor to many. She's also the owner of Lauren Chamberlain LLC, an umbrella company that oversees her ventures and manages her softball performance facility in Oklahoma. Most importantly, she's just a legit good person who we enjoy talking with, obviously an accomplished athlete, developing an incredible post-career profession, and sharing the valuable lessons she's picked up along the way with young athletes who are currently coming up through the system. We are so grateful to share today's conversation with good friend of the project, Lauren Chamberlain. Yeah, I, um, like we addressed, grew up in uh, Orange County, California, and ended up getting a scholarship to play at the University of Oklahoma. It was a little bit of a last on my list situation. I was passed up by my dream schools in high school. Um, and For what? Because they have good uh, softball. Yeah, like a like a University of Arizona, UCLA, back when it was Pac-10 would have been um, yeah, yeah. when they were winning everything. So that was pretty much like my end vision was to stay on the West Coast and, um, you know, dominated a school out there. But then Oklahoma came calling and offered the most money. <laughs> it was one of those situations where Fair I was enough. like, okay, I need to go visit the campus and total cliche, get on campus. You need to be here. Um knew we were going to win. So, uh, just, just the, the pieces were all coming together for the puzzle. And, uh, as soon as I stepped on campus, it was like winning, 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 winning. Yeah. Um, just the group that we came in with and the group that was already there, we just started popping everything off. So it was a really, uh, it was, it's funny to see. I think you always end up where you're supposed to be. Um, and that's kind of the, the story behind my story, but, um, being in Oklahoma, I never thought, especially like I get it for college, but never thought that I would live here yeah. after. Like I was so set. I saw everybody that was from California would end up staying here. And I'm like, that's not going to be me. I'm going back to my family. Like I'm going back to California, the sunshine and the beach and all that. And yeah. I moved back for a year and you know, I kind of experienced like a little bit of loneliness. I was, um, LA and Orange County and just California in general, ton of people. Um, but a pretty lonely place if you don't have like your people. So I developed like some serious friendships out here. Um, business is booming out here. It just financially, every, everything like that moment in my life, it made sense for me to be here. So I actually remember, um, I was in an apartment, like in the hub, like just heart of Orange County, paying out my butt, like just shouldn't right. have even been there. Um, and I told my mom, she was just so heartbroken because she finally got me back. <laughs> and I was like, mom, I'm moving back to um, Oklahoma city. I'm leaving in a month. Like I just decided I'm leaving in a month. I'm going to pack up. I'm going to find 
Um, I'll find an apartment out there. I'll go to the city. I would stay in Midtown for a little bit. Um, and that's what I did. And I haven't left. So it's, um, I think it's really interesting. I was just in LA for the first time. I've been to California a handful of times. Um, I have we did our first workout in LA just this year. I liked it and I liked the palm trees, but I can definitely see what you're talking about with no, you know, I'm going to go back to LA and I look forward to it. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I kind of, there's this risk maybe, and I wonder if this is what you felt of being sort of, you know, alone in a crowd almost. Yeah. Like and even, <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess, and I don't want to paint any more colorful a picture than that because there are wonderful things going on in LA, but I, I just, I, no, I guess it, I would it say is. I can it's see a it. lot of people. It's a lot of people that are, uh, to be honest. Um, and again, like I love where I'm from. Uh, sure. a lot of people that are like so goal driven and like on their path. Mm-hmm. Um, and to each his own, totally sure, cool, totally. Just totally different lifestyle when I came out here. When I came out here, um, and obviously if you play sports at the University of Oklahoma, it's a bit right. of, uh, you're kind of like, gee, for me, I like, became a daughter of the state. Like that's just kind of like what happens, especially on the softball team. We were like the sweethearts of Oklahoma. That's kind of what they tapped us. Yeah, so yeah. Um, after you know winning a World Series and doing all these crazy things with this team, you build these relationships, these friendships, um, with all types of different families and, um, you know, donors and, and just people that really genuinely like look out for you. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I'm here versus when I'm there, other than my family, um, there wasn't really anybody that was like looking out for me. And so when I came back, it was almost like, welcome back, like open arms. And, yeah. um, I know a ton of people here that would do anything for me. I mean, they would drop anything if I was on the side of the road with a flat, mm-hmm. which I can't say the same about California. I don't know. I, I mean, don't get on me, you guys. I'm checking the comments right now. <laughs> I'm like, if any of you guys are from California, like don't, don't shoot the messenger. But this just my experience between this two. Between no, and we're obviously, we're just painting with a broad brush right now of course but but I think that I think that makes sense and 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 you're not taking anything away from the folks in LA you're saying very goal-driven and goal-oriented and and I think um that high speed is exactly right for some people it really makes sense um but for others I I, I'll say that I've noticed the same thing about my time and experience in Oklahoma as well Um, I feel like I I'm an outsider but I feel like if I were to go to Oklahoma, I've got a place to stay. I know a small handful of spots to eat. I know yes. and, and I th- you're yeah. like, you're set. Like you're good. You feel yeah. comfortable when you come. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. Exactly. Right. Um, well, let's reminisce on maybe one of the best college softball teams to ever be assembled. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, just, I love this one. <laughs> and only briefly, because I, I did, I, I saw, a, uh, I saw a video of you doing, uh, I don't remember what show you were on, but you had your crew with you. Yeah, it's championship, championship mindset. Yep. Is that what it was? Yeah. You were essentially like, uh, I think you mentioned to one of your pitchers Mm -hmm. that you were like, look, let's make this a five inning day. Let's make this a quick one. Calling our (laughs) shots a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. No, it was just, it was, I think honestly that year and that team, uh, OU softballs continued to be at that level. Big time. Um, So it's, it's interesting. I like, I feel like, different ages are having the same experience just in different ways. But, uh, we were just that good to be honest. Like we just, we really, um, handled almost everybody that we saw. I think it was a four loss year, um, for Mm -hmm. softball, you're playing a ton of games. So 
Right. Um, I, I had that much faith in my pitching staff and, and they had that much faith in their lineup that you could, you know, mess around and kind of call your own shots and, and predict things and make bets. And so, <laughs> I mean, we were just having a good time. That was, it was a way of, um, we stayed super competitive and it, it's crazy. It reminds me like, have you been watching this MJ documentary? Have you been tuning into that? A little bit. Also, okay. I lived it as a child. Right. So you're like, yes. look, I don't need this. <laughs> you're no, like, no, I have it, my it, own memories. Um, but it just kind of reminds me of like where there's that level of excellence, like that standard, but you're also like, you're in the middle of it and you're able to enjoy what's happening, if that makes sense. So we, we had fun with it. We were able to. That Well, I, that alone is really good to hear. You compare that to some of the, uh, you know, to some of those other ideas we were painting of, of maybe mindsets out West at certain times. I, I keep giving that disclaimer, but like to be there, to be so dominant and just rolling, but then have the presence of mind to actually enjoy that moment and each other yes. is, is a yeah. real, that's like a skill. It's, it'd be easy to get caught up in, I would think. Yeah. And I think that I've always been a huge advocate of celebrating while you go. I, I don't know. That's just my thing. I, I feel like we can live this life head down and working super, super hard and always chasing the next thing. And you, if you're not acknowledging this little things along the way, like what's it for? Like, I, I'm a big, like, I like to, I like to throw a party if it's deserved. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think yeah. that that's, that's kind of how I live my life. It, and it keeps me motivated to do the next thing so that we can celebrate the next thing. So um, I think with that team and mm. really my time at OU, it was about being present. And I, I don't think you ever really can be fully present in college. <laughs> you always That's look back, time, right? like, you always look back like, damn, I wish I was able to like, you know, go back and relive a week just to really feel it all. Um, but we tried to feel as much as we could during that time. Um, well, I, th I think you're exactly right. I think you're, I think college is a time where you're supposed to sort of uh, developing a self-awareness. Like it's hard to yeah, be self-aware when you're <laughs> Yeah. I had none. I was a, oh my God. I was not how I am now. Maybe a little bit, but. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it is, it is really interesting. We, cause we work with, we work with a lot of colleges. Uh, I would say a lot of colleges, primarily high school, but some college for sure. And it's interesting to sort of, to interact with uh, college folks, not kids, because they're, like you're right on the line. Yep. Like you can get complicated ideas. You can like, you're, you really are knocking on the door. But part of you is still very much a kid, mm -hmm. um, which is good. I think there's an incredible energy on college campuses. Obviously. Yes, but, yes. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're still just figuring it out. I think like decision-making wise, it's just kind of like, I mean, me, <laughs> I don't want to speak for the speak masses. Really. I, yeah, but I think just, just um, oh, I, was, I was just childlike. Like you said, dude, it's just like that young presence where you're just like, oh, you know, consequences for your actions aren't that strong yet. And, um, people can kind of bail you out still. I, I especially if you're on a college campus for the athletics, like, I mean, mm -hmm. to a certain degree, uh, people are telling you where to go, what to wear, what to eat, how to look, you know, when to be there. Um, and there, you're pretty much just like robotic when it comes to, you know, athletics. And, um, I don't know. I think like once you're on your own and you're kind of like out of that and, and yeah. you're not in the dorms and you're not like on a mile by mile campus, um, you're able to kind of like, I don't know. I've had a huge transformation. Cause it's funny. Like a bunch of my college teammates will always be like, I just like what you're doing now. Like, I mean, I'm not, they're not knocking it, but they're just like, yeah, I just remember that goofy, like just would screw mm -hmm. up a lot, you know? And I'm like very prideful about not doing that now. So it's, it's funny. 
It's interesting. Well, it, it is it is funny and interesting. What are you doing now that's so much different? Um, I would just say it's, uh, I don't know, it's more like pride. It's kind of like, um, it's like when you have a car and I don't know, maybe, maybe this is me. Like it, when it's, when it's your own car, it's different. Or like when it's your own house, it's different. You just take a little bit more pride in it. And I think like now being older, I, it's on me. Like this is on me now. And especially mm-hmm. being on my own and living without family. And, uh, the biggest step I really took was going away for college. And I, I'm such a huge, uh, advocate of that go, like go somewhere new <laughs> because yeah. I was I had to go somewhere and when I got a flat like I had to figure it out or if I did mm-hmm. this or, or needed help with this I couldn't just call mom and dad I couldn't you know I had to figure this out on my own so I feel like I took that energy a little bit of that energy that I developed in college and took it into like this side like kind of mid-20s later 20s and it's just like interesting to you have to take care of yourself and, and yeah. very, I just turned a page well, I love that because in, in kind of doubling back on our previous idea, it's almost like college is, is like practice for life. In totally. A lot of ways. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and you were lucky because you had like that amazing support structure of a team and sort of the cadence of practice scheduling and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I, I'll tell you, I wonder if this would be true for you as well, but a lot of people, a lot of people that we've worked with that are not high school or college, but more like the um, kind of like you, like elite college athletes and, and uh, pros and, and Olympics yeah. hopefuls. And so a lot of people have a very difficult time with the transition back into what one would call real life. And, mm-hmm. and the rationale behind that would essentially be, uh, it, it's very, if you were to paint, a lot of my, uh, we, we didn't talk that much about this in, uh, before we got on, but a lot of my background is in psychology. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a very, it's a fairly straightforward actually um, it's a very, fairly straightforward theory within that. It's like early on, you realized you were fairly talented at something. You got praised for that thing often. So you kept digging deeper and doubling down on that ability. Um, a, a lot of your good friends were probably made in that sphere. So much of your habits are created around success yeah. in that sphere. And this thing just continues to build. And all of a sudden, and, and it just so happens that alongside that, you're in this really important developmental stage where your identity, like who you are oh, as a human, yes. right, is is there, and then it's done. Right. One day it is, it's over. So yeah. have you? What does that look like for you? Like, has, oh, has there been a struggle there at all? Or, oh or, my god, yes. Yeah. Um, my good friends that might be on here would know. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I always I'm very thankful because I'm I'm in a blessed situation that I'm able to stay in the sport in some capacity. Right. It's very difficult for me to imagine myself not being involved with a sport. I think when you go from that lifestyle to like a desk, it's got to be difficult. Like I can't imagine that. I had a very, very difficult time at the end of 2019. Um, Just, man, it was a lot of anxiety. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I think when you go from, like you said, you're just revolving around one thing and you're so, so many parts of your like life are wrapped up into this thing. Mm-hmm. And then you, um, you don't have that thing anymore. It's like, you have to redefine a purpose. And for me, my purpose was to be ready by summer. Like that was just my thing. Be ready mm-hmm. by summer, like be ready to go for season and everything. I mean, surgeries or rehab or workouts. I mean, my every day revolved around, uh, being ready for camp and now, yeah, I don't have camp. 
what am I supposed to be ready for? And you're just kind of like, what am I, you know, what am I preparing for? What, like, what, what is my purpose? And anybody could look at me or, or an athlete that's, you know, getting out of the sport and say, you have plenty of purpose. Like, don't, don't question that. But when that's been your whole life and your basis of success on the planet, like to society, it's really difficult to separate the two. So Mm. a lot of anxiety, a lot of therapy, um, on the other side of it, thank God. I mean, I definitely still struggle and I have my days. I, it's hard for me sometimes to like look through highlights because I'm just like, damn, like I can't believe it wasn't. I don't think it's ever on anybody's terms when they retire. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I was 26. Like no one wants to be 26 and retire. Yeah, like, right. it, you know, so it was um, very difficult. But I, that's, I think, why I'm taking that energy. I've found a way to take the energy that I had playing and throw it into business and throw it into mm. like, the next thing. So trying to navigate that still, but I, and, and I appreciate you being open. And of course, if there's anything that you don't feel like talking about, don't, but, but it's just, I, I think it's empowering for people to hear that sort of thing. There's a yeah. couple components there that I think are really needed. One is that uh, what you just described is so crazy common. Like we have 40 million people playing sports in the U S right now, a small percentage, but, but plenty of humans, Mm-hmm. will go on to be like, like just, I don't want to use the word elite. You were definitely an elite softball player, but, but they'll get to that point where they're so invested that who they are is directly tied into their sport. Yeah. And that becomes a complicated thing to unbraid at the back end of a career. So mm-hmm. I think it's important for you to share that with people that like, no, that's not only is that regular, like it's coming. It's, a, it's an absolute, you know, people yeah. do it. People handle it with different sorts of uh, right. ability. Uh, part of that be, comes with like how it's sort of onboarded. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you, you know, if, if you had been discussing as, even as like a freshman in college, what it's going to look like when this someday comes to an end and identifying the character traits that will ultimately transfer to business and other areas of your life, maybe you might be, you know, there are different degrees of preparedness, but Well, and that's, that's what I was going to kind of segue into is, you know, it's difficult because when you're in such an elite level of sport, you're asked to sell out for it and you're asked Mm -hmm. to give a thousand percent and your only focus is to win. And so there has to be to make the transition, I think a little bit smoother, which mine's not been, but it's there was a level of, I was prepared for what was happening. And in like something in the back of my mind, maybe subconsciously, maybe not, I was preparing along the way when it came to like, you know, making a brand and, and having a backup plan and just making sure I had things lined up so that that transition was a little bit easier. Um, I, I was doing that along the way, but again, you're, you're being asked to sell out for the dream and that's to get championships with your team. So how are, how, how do you expect somebody to be prepared when they've had laser focus and you're paying them, especially I'm thinking of, you know, uh, just these millions of dollars that are coming in on contracts for some of these guys and totally. wish it was the same for, for women, of, of course, but thinking of, you know, you are getting paid this much money to literally run into a wall um, mm. every single day. And then you're going to ask me to stop and, and, Oh, well, you should have been prepared to not make it. What, oh. <laughs> what do you I'm mean? You. Like, yeah. Anyway, crazy. Just wild to think about. No, it, it, it is. And it's, and it's, it's this weird back and forth because you can't make it to the level that you were at without investing to the degree that you did. Yeah. Uh, without putting it, part of your identity into it. Yeah. hundred percent. There is no, you know, and that's like, uh, 
that's that's sort of the Jordan. We talk about the Jordan special or the Bulls special. Those guys were lunatics. Yeah. You know, like this was the thing. Maybe strangely enough, maybe Dennis Rodman uh, sort of had his own was out in the world experiencing things. Do you remember Dennis Rodman? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know if, if who he's doesn't. The most, what do you mean? Who yeah, doesn't? <laughs> I don't know if he's the most well adapted, but he he definitely had his hands in other areas. But like, it, it's this weird thing. And you know what I think? I, we sometimes romanticize. Like, like Michael Jordan is held up as the standard because he was so obsessive, mm-hmm. right? And that's I think Kobe that's too. amazing. Kobe too. Mm-hmm. And Kobe, hundred percent. Well, I would say though, would you would you say that maybe we're bringing these kind of ideas to the light enough so that like people are preparing more like Kobe super tragic. This has been a weird year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kobe, like he seemed ready for the next stage. I know. Yeah. And that's what, Oh, he was there. Like he was just so, yeah, he had like everything lined up. It yeah. seemed like, but I think that's also just being smart with the platform that you have and, and, and mm-hmm. saying, okay, I have this connection to get a book written or I have this connection to do this. And that's just, you know, utilizing your network and, and kind of, um, yeah. And I think at some point when you're really, really good, you're like, Hmm, (laughs) what else could challenge me? You know what I mean? Like you're kind of like, what else could, and especially with, um, you know, you're playing how many years in the league and, and you're kind of like, okay, I, I, I'm, I got my training down. I've got my regimen down. Now I'm looking at my downtime a little bit differently. I'm getting older. Like, you know, what I, I want to stretch my brain. I need to do something else. So that's why I think when you get these older guys, you're seeing, um, you know, a difference in their approach business-wise and, and what they want to uh, kind of branch out and do. But uh, it, it's, really? it's crazy. And I think you see it. You know, what's interesting is if you want to meet a hustler business-wise, check out a, a female athlete. Yes. <laughs> Check out a female it's, professional athlete because we don't yeah. we don't have the option. If you want to make money, you have to be business minded. If you don't want to make money, you just play softball. And that is the unfortunate part of it. You know what I mean? It's it's we don't make money just because we're really good home run hitters. We don't make money because we're the best shortstop and we play for so and so team. We make money because we we explore different avenues. So you know, on that on that side of it, which I'm, here I go. But, Let's go. But on that side of it, imagine how amazing, which it's already incredible if we if people could see it on TV. But imagine if, you know, women could put that level of intensity into their training and make mm-hmm. a career out of it. They can't. Like only certain ones. So you've got, you know, you see the business women all over the place that are still, you know, female athletes and still female professional athletes at their core but they can't afford it to sell out like a Michael Jordan or like a Kobe Bryant. Mm. So it's just interesting. You like, I wonder if, uh, you know, we had the longevity of that type of career, what you, yeah. see, what, what you would see on the field, if we could literally train 24 seven, but we, yeah, yeah. So interesting. That is really interesting. So maybe we need to d- take a deeper dive into that Boom. after you, I'm there, I'm ready. I want to talk about <laughs> no, I'm like, yeah, let's go this way. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. Well, I mean, it just maps. It's, it's very organic on you. Like when it comes to your story, because like you, yeah. you kind of brought that to life. Here you are. I don't, I hope I'm not like pumping you up too much, but like <laughs> obviously a big time high school recruit, um, and an elite college player, a champion and went on to play. You were a pro. You were professional at your sport. What did that look like 
Um, you don't need to name like numbers and figures, but like, you know, what did it look like? What did it feel like? And what else do you have to do to make that a life? Um, so it's a little bit different. Uh, I, you know, I'm not super familiar with the, the men's side, but I know for the women's side, sponsorships are really big. So, um, you know, marketing wise, it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, you really bank on your sponsors. So, um, sponsors were big for me, if not bigger than like actual contract, um, playing wise. So that side of it has to like keep kicking. Um, the difficult part to, to make it a career as well for women is the lack of visibility, Mm. um, because you're not pulling in that money. And so, when you're not seen, you're also falling off. So we actually, it's, it's an interesting, we're still trying to figure it out. I hope we do soon. Um, but we have the biggest, I would say the biggest college sport other than football, like brand of college softball with the world series, the number two most watched sporting event of the year, every year. And it keeps growing and that's women's softball. And wow. so we have that platform and millions of people are tuning in for that one weekend. And then you get drafted, which I got drafted and you go into a professional league that is not televised. Mm-hmm. So you fall off. I mean, you, it's, you, people would argue without the Olympics that you are at the pinnacle when you're at the world series at the women's college world series. Mm-hmm. So you perform there or you're kind of toast, you know what I mean? Like you perform there where you fall off. And so the fight for, for us is to stay relevant post college. And that's where your brand kicks in. That's where like social media is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but, but you don't like, it goes back to that. Like you don't, um, unfortunately get paid for your average, which you should, they just, you should get paid if you're the best player in the league. We have several players, more than several of the best you know, women's professional softball players that see a quarter of what we would make, a few of us would make. And that's mm. based on us having sponsorships or us having more of a social media presence. So it's sure. just, it's, it's so ass backwards to be honest, but uh, it is our reality. So I would rather, you know, play it and, and make the most of the situation while cre- like trying to create as much change as possible than yeah. to be bitter about it. That's kind of another way I look at things. Well, I think it's really interesting to not be bitter. I I mean, you can still want to change it. Yes. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah. I always say that. You can want to change things and you can be working on the back end to make it a better situation. Mm -hmm. But But if I think about it too much it kills me. Like if I, if I sit and wallow in our reality of women's professional sports, it's like a downer. So I, I I'd rather make think, a lot of it. No doubt. And, and so what do you think the, what do you think the solution is? Uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. I think the totally. quality, the quality of women's professional sports, as far as not performance, I'm talking like quality of treatment and, and, you know, facilities and the, the overall, um, like the back end of the product. Mm-hmm either that has to improve both of them have to but i don't know which happens first do we improve that do we improve the number of seats uh or you know butts in the seats and stands but then we need visibility at the end of the day we have to be seen because if every time softball is on tv professional softball was on tv we had a top 10 play every single time our league was aired we had like two top 10 plays 
Cause yeah. we're just, you know, it's the best of the best playing right. softball. So, you know, college uh, world series had top 10 plays all over the place. So even take it at a level of, you know, it's your mm. MVPs from college world series playing in one league. So right. it's pretty, it's, it's just, it, it's either invisibility or increasing, you know, the, the back end of the product because the, the level of talents there. I, no, there's no doubt. I, I totally agree. I, it is. It's interesting. It is sort of a chicken and the egg situation because I actually we do some we do we have a conversation on equity in sports yearly, usually around International Women's Day. Um, but it, it's just back and forth. You know, one thing that I do actually for the kids, just so you know that I'm working on your behalf behind Thank the you. scenes, it <laughs> uh, is. Uh, you know, we'll be have an audience of like 350 high school students. Be like. Raise your hand if um, you like basketball, whatever. Raise your hand if you are for equity and pay and opportunity and all these things. Of course, there's 350 hands up. Right. And then we say, uh, raise your hand if you've been to a Chicago Bulls game in the last two years. And then we say, and raise your hand if you've been to a Chicago Sky game, which is our female team, and they're, yeah. they're great uh, in the past few years. You know, and, and you can imagine how this goes. Right. But, but one thing that we try to sort of provoke people Provoke is the wrong word, but we, we encourage people to essentially put their money where their mouth where their is. mouth is. I was just going to say that because yep. it, it's got to like you can't say yeah. we want equity in women's sports, but then you have but then you don't go support women in sports. Yeah, gotta, it's buying the tickets, it's showing up to the rallies, doing yeah, it's it's absolutely the support has to be there financially as well, or we don't make money. Yeah, totally. absolutely. So it, it is. It's it's got to be it, it weird. It's weird. There's like these multiple levers, like. Mm-hmm. got to show up you've got to put money in the pockets of the teams so the teams can pay the people so that you know so so that you the team can afford to pay someone to market the team better exactly. so they can fill the seats more you know, yeah really, it's kind of like i just say there's levels to it absolutely so it so is bad. again it's just like this this whole coronavirus <laughs> there's is. um there's levels to it it's not black and white but I, I, I don't know i think that i we're we're gonna get there it's just slow as molasses yeah we, it's an uphill battle. It for sure is an uphill battle. Um, well, okay, so so someone, maybe this is advice. I think it'll be thoughtful advice to all athletes, but this advice to someone who is sort of in that right now. What are some of the steps that you took along the course of your career to get endorsements, to build a following, to sort of create oppor- the next set of opportunities for yourself? Uh, I would, being, I think, socially aware of, you know, like, what's what's hot um i was on vine when vine was hot making Mm. stupid videos just because that was you know it's my personality i get weird and um (laughs) doing that and and that took off and then i just realized the power of social media so i think if if you are especially with the ncaa passing that you can get you know money on image and likeness yeah utilize your social media platforms even if you don't like it figure out a way to be present on there um Mm -hmm. God, you have to, have to, um, everybody's buying things online. So, uh, I, a lot of the bulk of what I buy is off of Instagram or or if I see something, you know, that's the number one seller for these companies. So if you want to work with a company and work with a sponsor, uh, being present on social media is huge. Um, especially because, you know, for, for female athletes, you're not being seen as much um, on TV. So utilizing your platforms that you are being seen on and, and that people are following you. Um, but I would say being true to, true to you. Like, I think if you find your, 
your power lane and stick to it and be consistent on who you are, um, it, I think you're, it's going to pay off in the long run. I was always authentic, true to self. And, um, yeah, I, I never tried to be someone I wasn't. So I think, I, I don't think you go wrong when you do that. I, I think that's such good advice. And I get my follow-up question would be, what would you say to the people who are having trouble? They want to create a social media presence, but they're having trouble being true to themselves. Instead, they start to, you start to craft your image for the likes or for whatever you think is going to get responses. Yeah, I, I think it has to go back to like the feeling. Like if it doesn't feel right, I, I always, I based anything that I put out there on feeling, like if, it, if this is weird or this is not me, I'm not going to do it. If it doesn't align with what I'm passionate about, what I want out of life the most, then it's not going to go on anything. So um, I, you know, I actually talk to, you know, college players right now about how they can be doing what they're doing, um, you know, and, and promoting it and putting it out there on the platform. Um, and it's always like, okay, it doesn't, you know, you've got a lot of softball players that actually are, you know, going to be doctors or going to be in sure. a totally different field post-college. So I'm like, why don't you start diving into what you're passionate about now? And then you're relating to your fan base a little bit more because you're being true to self. And then mm. they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually pretty interested in that. And then your transition from college into that field, you're going to have fans because they've been on that side journey with you. You know what I mean? Like mm. they've been on mm -hmm. that. Wow. I knew she wanted to be a vet. So I'm going to like keep up with her. So cool. She's got some other than softball. And then mm. all of a sudden they see you getting to be this vet and, and all of a sudden you open up your own practice and they are still there with you because they know you're so passionate about it. Hmm. But if you're trying to sell out for something that you're not very passionate about, it doesn't translate authentically. And then your fans aren't going to connect as well. If that makes yeah. Sense. It, may, it makes great sense. I hope people are hearing that because I think, I think that's really hard. That's one of those things that's hard to keep in mind. Kind of like when we were talking about just what it means to be a college athlete. It's like you don't have that much conscious life experience. You know, so to be able to predict forward, it's a, it's a lot, it, it's harder. It's delay of gratification to some degree. It's self-awareness and delay of gratification. That is, yep. that's a lot to ask someone who's 19. I know, but that, I'm happy that they're asking because, yeah. it, you know, I, it just happened to work out and, you know, social media got hot when we were winning the World Series. So, it, you know, like right. a lot of things were happening at the right time mm -hmm. uh, for our group and, um, I, yeah, I like that people are asking questions though, because I'm learning and share, learning and share, learning and share. So you're an educator. That's, that's true. Thanks. Never thought you're, of it that way. I mean, you are right. Isn't that the whole deal? It's like you, you, you look at life, analyze it, take the best parts of it, pass it on. Yeah. Save somebody that's, the trouble. <laughs> that's, there you go. That's what you're doing. Well, okay. So that, that actually brings me to my next question. We're really interested in self-talk. Self-talk meaning like, and you kind of, you mentioned it before um, when you're talking about just essentially how you choose to see the world. Mm -hmm. This could be a difficult time or this could be a time of great opportunity, whatever it might be. We're at, we're sort of in constant dialogue with the naming of our situation. Uh, mm -hmm. And that dialogue is going on in our heads as well. So self-talk is essentially the way it's the conversation we're having with ourselves sometimes subconsciously and then ultimately we become aware of it and begin to right. craft it. So I'm, I'm asking a question in two pieces. One, what was some of the self-talk that you found to be most successful as an athlete, like stepping into the batter's box and things like that? And then the second part, what from that has transferred well into uh, your, quote, real life? This situation? Um, yeah. Oh, there's a couple. 
Um, controlling the controllables is obviously a big one. That's a huge in softball. Uh, there's only so many things that you can control in the field, especially, especially softball. It's a lot of it's up in the air <laughs> and, um, failure recovery is another one. Um, not avoiding the failure, but managing the failure. So managing the situation, not trying to act like it's not there. Um, yeah. you can act like you are never going to strike out and then, you know, fall to pieces when you strike out or you can accept the inevitability of the strikeout and, and kind of manage what's going on with that easier said than done. Um, and then also just maintaining that self-confidence and, and that things are going to work out. I know that like softball is just, it's like a ride the wave, uh, sport Mm -hmm. is like that. It's like a ride the wave. And, um, if your emotions are tagged to the wave, then you're just gonna, it's gonna be very difficult for you. It's a harder, it's a harder path, but if you maintain that level, that that's where you have to be. You can't Mm -hmm. ride the coaster. You've got to be like the, the brace of it. Like you have to stay steady. Um, and that's kind of your, your only way to, to make it out. It's just kind of, it's hard because it's like, dude, I'm riding the wave right now. I'm like this, you know, like I'm not like this right now. So it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting because it's like, I have really good days and really bad days. And I think everybody's kind of on the same page with that. It's, it's difficult to navigate this time. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And I'm going to draw some, you're going to, all right. So here's what I think. You ready? Okay. Sorry. So okay. I agree because that's actually that, that riding that, that wave is something that we think about a lot because there's a point, tell me if this resonates with you or you think I'm full of it, but like there's a point where you don't want to fight back against the wave too much. Like you want to sort of hold steady, mm-hmm. but I think it's, I think it can sometimes be valuable to recognize when you're riding up or when it's coming down and like really be in tune with that. Mm-hmm. So this is, I don't know if you can see that. But that's yeah. the way that we try to look at it. So see, that's what I was trying to do with my hand. Oh, I thought it was a great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> you knew what I was trying to do. <laughs> but but and then but this it's this part in the middle. Like instead of just being like one steady line, like here's where I have to be. We try to equip people with like, well, it's not just a steady line. It's like a range. Mm-hmm. That. You know what I mean? So don't yeah. feel like you have to be perfect, yeah. avoiding the rave going up and down. But like maybe at first your threshold is like this, you know? Like yeah, it's just minimizing bigger... that gap a little bit. Yeah, no, I feel exactly. you. I feel you. So, uh, and, and I think is like part of that is like you said, like sometimes you're going to strike out. Sometimes you're, sometimes you get caught in the wave, you know? Mm-hmm. And, that's, mm-hmm. and that's okay too. Yeah, that's a great, great way to look at it. I, thank you. Like literally what was, what are, do you have mantras? Like when you're walking up to the batter's box, is there something yeah. like, what do you use to remind yourself that this is what's going on? How do you check in? Oh, like, uh, I used to say like to, well, basically hit the shit out of the ball. Like it was very simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Like your job is to hit the shit out of the ball. Don't make it complicated. So that's kind of like what my, my okay. biggest one was. Um, but then just remembering who you are, I think sometimes in situations like, man, we, we work so hard to build ourselves up and, and work on ourselves. And then when shit hits the fan, we lose sight of who we are at our right. core. And my job as a hitter was to hit the shit out of the ball and scare people. And so I'm scary. So when I come up to the plate, I'm a scary bitch. Like I have to know that about myself. Like I can't lose sight of that. And I've done that before. I've lost sight of it before. And God, that was awful to deal with because you're just like, you know, like 
who are you? You know, I think if you know yourself in situations and you remember who you are at your core, it's like you do what you're supposed to do. You handle what you're supposed to handle. I love it. And who are you now? Ooh, I'm a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats, man. I, I do. I am uh, more in 2.0 coming at I you. Like we'll see. We'll see. It's still, <laughs> it's still to be decided. <laughs> a work in progress. And isn't that alone though? Maybe that's the perfect place to cap it because that alone yeah. is like, if you, if you think of a life, like you think of a season, then, then it's not like, then it's a process, right? Yes. Every new day, you, you look, you adjust. Yeah. And I think I, I read something uh, a long time ago, God, if I could remember the book, but it, it was so cool because we're, we're so after this perfect version of ourselves, like it's going to show up and stay mm. and it's not going to, it comes in moments. And I read that and I was like, that's so cool. Cause it just like totally like obliterates this idea that we have to like chase this perfect version of ourselves. And it's, it shows up in moments. So I'm just trying to have as many, you know, perfect self moments as possible. I'm yeah. trying, you know, I'm trying to show up as, as my best version as, as much as possible and then give my gr myself grace, you know, in between. I love that. I love that. Okay. I have to give you one last thing. I'm sorry. Hey, so, no, you're fine. The, you're good. The, the, it's, uh, cause it's so right. It's, it reminds me of this wave thing that you were, uh, demonstrating mm -hmm. so well earlier. The, uh, it, it's like, there's this advice out there that you have to like chase or find your passion. I think it's really well-intended advice, but, but one thing that we've recommended and it's because it's worked so well for a lot of us within the organization is uh, don't chase your passion, chase the work that you're willing to do, chase the things that you're willing to just keep showing up for and you will be, and, and we're like, but and within that you will be routinely surprised by passion. And I think yeah. the difference is, well, I'm Dude. You, and, and, Hey, and that's cool. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, no, I've never, because I've always kind of battled that, when people ask me that too, I'm like, I don't really know how to put that into words. So that's good. I like that. Well, you can, you take it. All right, cool. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's so, it's so true though. Cause like, I'm, I, man, I wish I was super passionate in the weight room, but I'm not. God, I wish. I wish well, I was out Nazi. <laughs> but so, I mean, it doesn't think about, I, I think about that in like all sorts of areas. Like, don't, sometimes like, have you ever been just like crazy passionate about out? No, crazy passionate about anything for like, at like the same high level, like all the way up to the peak of the wave for yeah. an extended period of time. Like it yeah. just doesn't happen. Right. That's not how right. life exactly. works. Exactly. You exactly. find your way back to center. Yep. Um, Dude, that's good. That's good. Anyway. Stuff. Okay. Well, we, we can talk more about this later. Yes. Gotta, we got to do another one. We can just keep talking. I'm happy to. We got, do you want to give a shout out? Who's your local coffee place? Coffee, coffee with a jerks. Coffee jerks. Coffee Jerks. Coffee Jerks is an Oklahoma staple. Um, good people there. Check them out. Help them out during this time. They're great. Awesome. And we, uh, I'm drinking Gallery Cafe that I brewed at home. They're awesome people. Shout Sweet. out to Gallery Cafe. So uh, we will. We'll do this again. And I'll definitely awesome. reach out next time we're heading down to Oklahoma City. Yes, uh, we can do this in person. This will be great. I love it. At Coffee Jerks. There you at have Coffee it. <laughs> Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. 
They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E print, P-R-I-N-T dot com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.